0: Welcome back to a new episode of Movie Moments. And today, before we start this episode, I have an announcement to make. Well, as you can hear, I'm all alone. Denise is while she's going on the break for hopefully just two months. And until then, I will continue the podcast alone. And today that brings us to the episode of Kubo and the two strings
1: My name is Kubo. I look after my mother mostly. What was father like? He was just like you. Strong and so handsome oh, <laughs> Mother, I use magic to tell stories if you must blink do it now Oh, epic battles, warriors, and monsters but I had no idea my stories were actually true
0: well first I'm going to do a spoiler free recap of the movie and then I'm going to jump into first thoughts, directors, cast and main storyline so let's just jump right into it Man, I'm going very fast. It's really weird actually to do this without Denise. Alright. The story goes about a young boy with one stolen eye. His name is Cubo. His father has died and his mother is paralyzed. So, while he takes care of his mother in an abandoned cave. He's hiding from his grandpa and, well, his mother's uh, two sisters. His father was a samurai and he adored his stories that his mother tells him when she can remember parts of her past. And he uses his own magic to tell these stories which his mom tells him in his local village. But one night when he stays after the dark, the one thing he couldn't do his sisters find him, or his sisters His mother's sisters find him and, well, his journey begins, his avenger begins. And he has to seek his father's armor to, well, to be safe. And my first thoughts on this movie, it was an amazing movie. The storytelling of this movie was incredible. And I'm not I'm not even joking the whole the whole movie is based around Storytelling and from the beginning to the end. It's one complete package It's amazing just from the beginning the beginning sentence is not a spoiler. It's in the trailer If you must blink do it now Do it now <laughs> do it now do it now
1: if you must blink do it now If you look away it's
0: just such a strong start and that whole sentence with, um, which I'm going to g- uh, get back to in a moment It's so great and so powerful to start a story like that And this, uh, the movie opens up with a lot of question questions about what happened to Kubo, what happened to his parents and their past it's full of questions and those questions unfolds as you watch the movie. It's a great watch and if you love stories like great stories, you have to watch this movie. And it's a cultural, cultural movie about Japan a bit. You have those rituals and those, well how do you say it, those cultural activities. You can see that in the movie so. If, you, if you're into that, you should definitely watch it. Now, let's jump into the director. Travis Knight. Well, he's famous for Box Trolls and Bubble Bee. Bubble bean. <laughs> He's also animated great parts of the movie himself. I'm going really, really fast through the beginning. i um, It's it's just been four minutes and I'm already through the first part of the episode I'm going really really fast. So I'm going to get a little bit more on the details in the main storyline so that means we're jumping into spoilers The main storyline. Well, as I said before the, the story is incredible and it begins with his mother on the ocean, seeking land in a storm. With Kubo as a baby. And you hear Kubo's voice as saying as a narrator, if you must blink, do it now.
1: Pay careful attention to everything you see and hear. No matter how unusual it may seem. But please be warned. If you fidget, if you look away, if you forget any part of what I tell you, even for an instant, then our hero will surely perish.
0: And while his mother perishes, she falls out of the boat and hits her head against a rock. That paralyzes her until the end of the movie, or till forever. And so in day she's paralyzed and at night she comes by her senses a bit not fully but a bit and while years later when Kubo is a boy he takes care of his mother and tells the magical stories at his local village which his mom tells him every night or the memories there is one particularly day that he wants to talk to his father and well, a woman in her village, in his village, told him about this ritual that they do to talk to the, to the dead. Not in that kind of way, but in a beautiful way to communicate with the people you've lost. And he wants to do that for his own. He wants to talk to his father because he never knew his father. So he pick, he makes his own lamp of his paper folding magic thing and he goes to where the ritual take place takes place and well he he prays and he asks his father a couple of things and just how how he's doing and what he's been up to and well he doesn't get any answer and he looks around and everybody's getting an answer everybody's getting something and well he's he's kind of mad of that and he just stays uh, hoping for a sound, hoping for something, but there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. It's a pretty sad moment. So he kind of gets angry. So he folds the paper and he throws it away. And he looks at the sun. And he kind of scares because it's it's almost dark. But then he's just he's really sad. So he he looks down at the ground. He picks the paper up. And he's sorry. He's very sorry. And then then it all happens. Then the sun is down. The night is here. And this part is pretty creepy uh, for me. I, I, I didn't know it was going to get this way. But it was pretty funny to see that they went this way. I thought it was a bit of a child's movie. But with this part it kind of threw me out of the table. And no. Just, just hear this scene.
1: Little boy... What happened to your eye? Who are you? How, How do you know my name? We are your family, Kubo. Your mother's sisters. And we've been looking for you for so long. It's so lovely to meet you, Kubo. Face to face. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's not for childs. If I were a child and I watched this, I would have had nightmares. But yeah, his, uh, his, sister, his mother's sisters find him. And so he runs. He runs and, well, he, fo- he he gets followed. And his mother saves him. And uses her last magic to, well, to let Kubo fly to the Far Lands. And to fight off her sisters. And as you might, might have guessed, she loses. And Kubo wakes up. Cuba wakes up in the farlands, and he's woken up by a monkey. And the monkey is called Mr. Monkey, but it's actually a girl. That's pretty funny. And well, the monkey, the Mr. the the reason why he called her Mr. Monkey is because he had to carry a little monkey uh, doll, not a doll, but a kind of a doll, around him everywhere he goes. And his mother gave it to him as a protection. And also a great thing to know before we head further in the story. He grabs one hair of his mother's head. One hair. And the monkey straps it up like a brace and around his arm. And he keeps it. Because memories are one of the most powerful things. And he should keep the hair to remind her mother. She was a powerful woman after all. He and the monkey get to know each other. He doesn't get to ask a lot of questions. The mother is the mother, the monkey, is very protective. And while well, they go to sleep. In hiding, of course, of the sisters. Because at night the sisters are out there and at day they, they're not. And when when they wake up, something happens. And Cubo in his own sleep folded a Hanzo, his father, the samurai, the mighty samurai, he followed it in his sleep with his magic and well The quest of finding the golden armor Which his father was after before him Kind of goes on from there and the folded Hanzo leads the way so they follow the way and it's, it's a really funny story that they kind of get along, and Kubo kind of uh, teases the monkey. It's really funny to see. Then Kubo gets kidnapped. He's away. He's, he's yeah. He's he got kidnapped. And while well, the monkey is overprotective and immediately follows him into a cave to a skull, if I'm saying it correctly. And while well, they she finds him. It looks like he's about to be attacked by a beetle or by a monster. But then Kubo stops from, stops the monkey from attacking the beetle. And he finds out that the beetle is friendly. The beetle is, uh, he lost his mind. He lost all of his memories and he, prote- he wants to protect Kubo because Kubo's father is Hen- Hanzo and the beetle thinks that that was his master. And that's all because Cuba wears a rope with the symbol of the samurai, and the beetle has one of those ropes. So that's kind of the connection they make. And the uh, beetle is actually was actually a warrior, but he was cursed, and he doesn't remember anything. So those three uh, guys, those three guys, those three people go further on the journey, further on the adventure, the quest. And first, they find the unbreakable sword. It's a very fu- funny sequence to see. It's uh, full of booby traps, kind of in the Jones style. And they get on the big skull, fighting scenes. And wah, wah, wah. You just have to see the movie for that. And well, after that, they find the breastplate. Yeah, they find the breastplate. And it's in the lake. And well, yeah, it's in the lake, and he has uh, the beetle has to swim, but then it's dark, it's night, so the sisters are out there, and the sisters find well, the monkey because Cubo and the beetle are on the water seeking for the uh, breastplate. And Cubo finds the breastplate and he takes it on, but he got caught by one of the eyes, and you can't look in the eyes because they tell you secrets that take you down into the deep. You, you really have to watch the movie to know <laughs> what, what I'm saying. But it's, it's a really uh, intense moment. So everything is going down. The monkey is finding one of the sisters. And in the end, well, the monkey wins, kills one of the sisters, but is terribly harmed. And while Kubo gets saved by the beetle, And they get back on the ship that Cubo made once again with his magic. And well, they continue the journey. But before they continue the journey, Cubo gets a dream. A dream of where the helmet should be. But it's not a very good dream. Is this
1: a good dream or a bad one? See for yourself.
0: Because it's manipulated by his grandpa. But he doesn't know that yet. Until, of course, he goes to his father's own old temple. And he finds that the helmet isn't there. And he's just awaited by one other sister. The other sister. And, well, they have an epic battle. They fight. And in the end, the sister loses once again. And this time it's like the monkey and the beetle. And uh, Kubo against the sister. But... Well, it doesn't end that well because before they defeat uh, the sister. Well, actually Kubo defeats the sister. I'm sorry for that. They have an epic fight and they find out that the monkey is Kubo's mother and the beetle is Kubo's father. He was cursed and his mother put her, her last magic into the monkey to protect Kubo. And they find that out. It's, it's a beautiful scene because they all get together as one family. And then the beetle dies. He, he, well, the sister was... He, she crashed in one of the temples. So everyone thought it was okay to just get off guard. You are my quest. You always have been.
1: Hanzo, keep him safe. No matter what. I promise I will.
0: But no, and the beetle dies. So his father dies once again. But this time like really really dies. And his mother fades away because her magic is yeah, fading out. And because he's very harmed she kind of dies too as well. So it's a pretty sad moment, and Kubo is there alone with one of the mother sisters. And she wants to attack Kubo, but Kubo uses his last string on his guitar and he smashes it and boom. He defeats the sister and he flies away to where the real helmet is hidden at his local village. And now he's all alone. He's all alone going for that helmet. And when he finally finds it in his local village, there's someone else there. Hello,
1: grandson.
0: And it's his grandfather. It's so and good to see you I like the time. approach that uh, <laughs> grandfather so went. He wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to get you. I'm going to take your other eye. You're going to get away. No, he just talks with Kubo about why he wanted the other eye. And it wasn't just because of an evil. Uh, sp- uh, Yeah, of jealousy. Yeah, well, kind of was of jealousy. But he wanted the eye to make Kubo kind of one of him. Be a part of his family, his true family. Because he's the moon king, you see. And Kubo has to be blind of humanity to become a part of the heavens. Kubo, we both want the exact same thing.
1: You want to take my other eye? THAT'S WHAT YOU
0: WANT! Well, yes, but do you know why
1: I want it? Because you're old and mean and cruel.
0: Oh, now, that's a little harsh. As long as you cling to that
1: silly, useless eye, you can't come up to live with me in the heavens. You'll be stuck down here in this hell. Staring with that lonely eye at hate and heartache and suffering and death
0: But Kubo doesn't want that of course and they have an epic clash Because the grandpa kind of wants to turn Kubo with him but Kubo kind of well he's not gonna go and just give his other eye so the grandpa gets mad and he turns into a big monster and they have an epic clash and cuba has all the armor right now so he's he's doing a pretty great job until the end and well he loses kind of all of the armor and he gets thrown at where the beginning of the film the ritual is taken place of to where they talk to their lost ones so when they're there and Kubo is fallen there on the ground and he's he's looking for the sword because the sword is right next to him but the guitar is also right next to him and he hears his grandfather scream yeah not screaming but giving some evil speech if you will to the forest searching for him slowly you know that kind of villain stuff <laughs> This is the end of your story,
1: now take one last look with that lonely eye,
0: one last look at this wretched place you call home. And he looks at his guitar and he's like, okay, I'm going to do something even better than just swing with a sword. I'm going to grab one of my mother's hairs. I'm going to grab one of my, what was it? I forgot to tell you about that, but he also grabbed a, what was it? It was a string of, I guess, his father's rope. It had to do something with his father. So he grabbed that other string and he grabbed one string of his own hair. And those are three Powerful memories and that's kind of why the movie is called cubo and the two strings the two strings with his mother hair and his father's uh, Thing of the rope So that's kind of where the name comes from But he uses those three strings and he goes and talks about how powerful memories are and he talks about that humanity isn't just a weak uh, jealous and evil Yeah, creature or land or however you want to call it and he talks about it and he strings His guitar. I hope I can find this scene because it's very powerful and I'm going to play it right now
1: If you must blink do it now I know why you want my eye Because without it, I can't look into the eyes of another and see their soul, their love. Everything you loved is gone. Everything you knew has been taken from you. No, it's in my memories. The most powerful kind of magic there is. stronger than you'll ever be these are the memories of those we have loved and lost and if we hold their stories deep in our hearts then you will never take them away from us And that really is the least of it
0: and in the end he well he defeats the grandpa but there's a kind of a plot twist here because the grandpa isn't just gone he turns into a normal man into yeah one of the humans if you will and the next part is very strong because he lost his memory. He doesn't know what happens, and he's in front of Kubo, So he asks Kubo "What happened to your eye?" And he doesn't—he really doesn't know what's going on. And the village is just—the village people are very nice to him. Are welcoming him and saying, "Like, yeah, you're the nicest guy of the village, and yeah, you help the children read. You help the children swim. You help everyone, and you're a great guy." And one of the village people says
1: We have something in common We both adore your grandson His name is Kubo
0: Kubo I'm sorry But but I, I don't remember And I think this part is very beautiful and very strong and powerful because, I mean, his grandpa kind of killed his mother and his father and all, all the miserable things that happened to him was kind of because of his father, grandfather. And what he chooses to do, he chooses to forgive him and to, well, help him out, to tell him the stories he needs to know.
1: Well, your grandson's a storyteller he'll tell you all the stories you've forgotten really of course
0: and I think this is a very powerful lesson which I will get to in the end of course but it's forgiveness it's so powerful that's why I love uh, this movie and of storytelling the story the whole movie is based around storytelling as i said before and from the beginning you see to, uh, you see the stories being told of the past of the past of uh, Hanzo his father in the middle it's Kubo you see Kubo's story and at the end it kind of goes around that Kubo promises to tell grandpa his grandpa his story And it's all based around story. And I I love it. I absolutely love that it's based around storytelling. And they did a great, wonderful job at that too. So let's jump right into characters, arcs and stories. Because that's basically the whole main storyline, which I did in a 10 minute mark. So that's pretty impressive. Never done it so fast. Oh, we did. We actually did with The Nightmare Before Christmas. I can remember. Okay. The character's arc. Kubo. Well, Kubo is a great storytelling teller. He wants to be just like his father. Very funny character having fun through the quest. And he's just teasing the monkeys, teasing everyone. And he's having a lot of fun. And he's also scared, of course, when the sisters are around until the end, of course. Which is kind of his arc. If you will. And then we have the monkey or the mother. And she's very protective. Just like his mother. And she's well she's not mean. But as I said protective. She she wants the best for Kubo. So when Kubo is kind of testing his magic. And doing all those things. The monkey is of course protective. And warning him of the bad things that could happen. And I think that's a wonderful job to hint at the audience that the monkey is actually his mother. And well, then we have the beetle. The beetle is joyful, making constant jokes and making Kubo happy. And I think that's a powerful thing too, uh, to put that in the movie. Uh, the uh, the It's kind of the relationship you have with your mom and dad. Your mom is most of all the more protective and your fa- uh, father is more the funny uh the joker if you if you will making constantly jokes and yeah that's kind of how most families are made in my opinion and cubo is played by art parkinson and a fun fact is art parkinson actually plays in game of thrones yeah i know I didn't know before the podcast, of course, but I did some research and I found out that he plays Rickon in Game of Thrones. That's the one character we forgot in last episode of Game of Thrones. No, they have they have four sons, only one uh, illegitimate son, because they have Robb Stark, Bran Stark, and oh yeah,
1: Brian. No,
0: there's one other brother
1: uh theon but it's just no 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 uh, not not theon but John?
0: they have a no no they have a oh, smaller brother yeah
1: oh my gosh
0: it, it was we always forget him because he's he's, it, well, not, he's not important important though
1: i'll search him up you can
0: talk about okay so we have a, uh, rob stark um rickon. Ben, of course rickon. rickon oh yeah rickon stark rickon so stark the- that's the youngest brother yeah, so they and
1: actually have
0: three bodies. Well, the mother or the monkey is played by Charlize Theron, And well, I guess you already know who that is. The sisters are played by Rooney Mara and she's famous for the girl with the tattoo. If I'm saying that correctly. Yeah, that movie, the girl with the tattoo. And of course you have the Beatle, and the Beatle is played by Matthew McConaughey. You got a joint? Uh, no, not on me, man. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if you did.
1: <laughs> alright, alright, alright,
0: alright, alright. alright. And the grandpa is played by Ralph Fiennes, and I think that's a very funny thing because we had the Grand Budapest Hotel that was played with Ralph Fiennes, and if I'm saying it correctly, oh wait, never mind. That's the only movie that's played with Ralph Fiennes. I thought we had like three episodes with Ralph Fiennes playing one of the leads, but that's totally wrong. So this is the second uh, podcast episode with Ralph Fiennes playing one of the leads. But he did a great job at playing grandpa. I didn't notice that he played him or voiced him because it's an animation, of course. But he did a great job. As did Matthew McConaughey and Art Parkinson. Because Art Parkinson doesn't play a big role in Game of Thrones. And to see him voice such a big character and playing the lead. It's, well, well done. Very well done. Okay, let's jump to cinematography the film is of course a animation so with cinematography you can do so much in animation you have no limits you can do everything everything your heart desires (laughs) and well the cinematographer is done or the cinematographer is frank passingham passingham i hope i'm saying that correctly i think i am it's of course animation so as i said before, lots of creativity, stunning shots, and especially the line symmetry shots; those were stunning. And well, if you watch the movie, then I'm talking about uh, when Kubo stands in front of the where the ritual takes place. That line symmetry that is standing in the middle, and there are lots of shots out there, and they're just stunning. And the seamless transitions. I only noticed that at the second watch of the movie and it's crazy because you have those seamless transitions when the camera is going or the view is going uh, before a uh, let's say a tree and on the other end there's a total different perspective or a total different view but it's so seamless that you don't notice it. it is amazing. And especially for animation because most of all they do it in movies and not often as well it's kind of a special effect if you will so well frank passingham is known for chicken run and flushed away those are kind of my childhood movies so they're really funny so i suggest them as well the colors were bright and cultural because the whole story takes place in japan Japan and well, the highlights are of course on pink, purple, red, and orange. It's, a, it's an overall warm movie, and except of course for the scenes with the sisters and with the grandpa, because then it turns to dark blue and it's most of all night, so it's black or totally dark. But overall, it's a warm movie, it's a really joyful, colors and yeah, joyful movie of uh, after all. And the soundtrack was one of the most remarkable things with the story, of course, about this movie, in my opinion. The soundtrack was done by Dario Marianelli. And he's known for Pinocchio, the Pinocchio of uh, 2020. Yes, they actually made a Pinocchio in 2020. It released, uh, I'm guessing, in January or February, just before... The whole pandemic. And Bumblebee, Darkest Hour and Paddington. Now, if I'm being honest, I haven't seen Pinocchio, the uh, 2020 version. Because I didn't know it was out there until, once again, the research of the podcast. Bumblebee is not really my thing. The Darkest Hour, it's a great movie with Gary Oldman as playing the lead. Haven't seen, seen it, though and Paddington Paddington I have seen Paddington but it wasn't a remarkable soundtrack and comparison with Kubo and the two strings he did a tremendous job with this movie it was so much emotion and the cultural of Japan just came back into it 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 well it made the whole story much stronger and The story is kind of based around music as well, because Kubo has a guitar and the the guitar is powerful and he plays his own songs and the magic happens. And I think he enhances that feeling and the emotion. And one of the most remarkable songs, or uh, songs, yeah songs, were Rebirth, that's at the end, if I'm saying that correctly, when Kubo tries once again to talk to his father and his mother this time, and he, well, he actually gets to talk to to them, this beautiful, beautiful ending, and this song plays. And it's so strong. It's so emotional. It enhances the whole ambience. It's great. Well, John, it's one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard. And of course, at the beginning, you have story time. This is kind of a goofy, funny song. When Kubo tells his mighty story about the warrior, uh, warrior Hanzo, his father. And the monster he defeated in the past. And it's a very... Very great intro with, this, uh, with the song. It's not the real, real intro, but it's like 10 to 15 minutes into the movie. And they did it great. Absolutely great. And he plays it actually with his guitar. So it's really funny to see the whole story and the whole uh, storytelling and the paper folding things flying in the air on the beats and it's a really funny and of course the monkey story and this is once again the one of those emotional songs when the monkey or his mother tells of the story how she met Kubo's father and it's a wonderful story actually it's pretty beautiful it's kind of cliche in in, in a way not overall no siri not today it, it's a bit cliche but not overall I think the way they did it with the paper folding stuff it didn't make it cliche it made it totally original actually and with the song behind it yeah amazing 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 just an applause for for Dario Marianelli and I didn't know him before Cuba and the two strings so amazing and the location, of course, it takes place in Japan. It's an animation, so we don't have a, a a location where it was filmed. So, yeah, it takes place in Japan. That brings us to the end message of the movie. I actually talked about this before. But it's, of course, memories are the most powerful thing. And I think they really, really done a great job to... To get this lesson through the movie from the beginning. From the monkey saying it at uh, at the end. When Cuba says it to his grandpa. And of course forgive no matter what has happened. And I think this is very strong. And this kind of evolves more at the end than at the beginning. Because in the beginning you don't get those, that many hints. And it's all at that moment when his grandpa was defeated. And he's just a normal man. And he just... He's strong enough to forgive him. That's very, very powerful. And you don't see that often in movies. That that when the enemy is defeated. He's kind of still alive. But he doesn't remember anything. And if that happens. Well, he gets thrown in prison or something. And Kubo is just like, no. He's my grandpa. And the village too. The village is very kind to him as well. So I think that's a great original way to end well, to end the whole movie. And then we head over to awards. Cubo and the Two Strings. What awards did it get? It got a Oscar nominee for um, Best Animated uh, Feature of the Year. I think, why did I get a nominee? It was uh, the Oscars 2017. I'm going to check in a minute what, what movie won. They won an Oscar. Or no, no. They got a nominee for an Oscar for Best Achievement in Visual Effects. All right. Golden Cloaks nominee. A BAFTA Film Awards. They won that one with Best Animated Future Film. Definitely deserved. And that's kind of all of the. Well, worse they got. It's not much. What movie did win for animation in 2017? Documentary. Achievement. Achievement in visual effects is won by Jungle Book. I don't. I don't think that's fair. Yeah, well, that movie was good as visual effects. But Cuban Two Strings was yeah okay. I can't see why they did that. Ah, best animated feature film of the year, Zootopia. Ah oh, get out of here. No. If Moana had won, I could have said like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm agreeing with it. Because Moana was nominated, my life as a Succini was nominated, the Red Turtle was nominated was that wasn't that a dutch movie? Well, oh. and Kubo of the string, Two Strings of course. But I I think Moana or Kubo and the Two Strings should have won because Kubo and the Two Strings was incredible and Zootopia was okay. It was okay. Maybe there's a personal reference uh, reference or yeah. But I think Kubo and Two Strings should have won or at least Moana. But not that many awards, only the BAFTA. I hope I'm saying that correctly. It would be very, very, very rude and very ridiculous if I said that wrong. So please let me know if I said that wrong. (laughs) All right, season film tips. It's winter and Christmas is already gone. (sighs) Did you all have a wonderful Christmas? Because I have, even though you can't really see lots of your family... We made the best out of what we could do. And new year is on its way. Just a couple of days from now. Well, it's been a year 2020. It's been a year. Negative and positive things. As you can see, a lot of negatives, of course. Coronavirus. Uh, the Amazon bus fires and all. But in all positive sake... Movie moments started in 2020. So you can at least listen to movie moments. (laughs) All right. Season film tips. Winter. Well, I would say uh, Witcher. The Witcher. It's not a movie. It's a series. I know. But I like to watch The Witcher in like the winter or near or near the end of the year. I don't know, but I just like the ambience of The Witcher. Denise would heavily disagree with me. If she listens to this podcast, she would scream out and say, no, no, no. I can hear it already. Um, so yeah, The Witcher as a series. You should watch it once. Don't. Yeah, you could watch it twice because I'm watching it for the third time. <laughs> so I'm not being a, a hypocrite. So, of course, Narnia, we said that in the last episode as well. But I think Narnia is a great movie to watch in this area of the time. Frozen 1 and 2, of course, and Christmas, 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 Christmas movies, Home Alone, Polar Express, even though Christmas is already happened and is gone. For me, Christmas only ends in the next year, like in January 15 or something. Until then I'm going to watch non-stop Christmas movies and I've watched a lot already The Grinch, uh, a Christmas Carol of course, Polar Express, Home Alone 1 2 3 4 5 yeah they have 5 Home Alones now. So all those movies go watch them the great movies, Christmas movies overall. And for the next episode I have to say we're going we're going I'm going i'm going to talk about frozen and frozen is, is a great movie it's a great wonderful movie it's of course disney so it's once again actually an animated movie so you'll get two animated movie in one row that's all because most of all in my opinion because it's winter is round right of the end of the year and I think it's most fun to talk about animation animated movies in autumn and in winter and in summer and in uh, spring and all the other season it's more fun to talk about those movies with real people in it. So well, go watch Frozen and jump into the next podcast and I haven't rated this movie yet. Which I will do right now. Cubo and the Two Strings. I will give it a... 8.7. 8.7 it is. Yeah. I think it was a great movie. Especially around storytelling. Great soundtrack. Great characters. And I think it's well deserved. And I think it well deserved the Oscar that it didn't get. But I can change that, so well, <laughs> that was it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it, and well we we all miss denise let's let's face it in two months, she will be hopefully we'll be back, and we can celebrate her return, the return of the king <laughs> if you will, so until then, I'm lost in the woods.